The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm Dr. Rebecca Risk. I'm your host. I'm here to help you get back to health. Today, we're going to be talking about the complexity of detoxing with Dr. Janelle Murphy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Murphy. Thank you, Dr. Risk. Uh, Dr. Murphy has an advanced clinical training in various treatment strategies, but her true passion lies in treating cancer and chronic diseases, including chronic pain and neurological conditions. One of Dr. Murphy's goals is to make you feel your optimum self through self through the use of various modalities. Dr. Murphy's education has taught her the value of an integrative approach to patient care. She studied science and kinesiology at the University of Lethbridge, and she holds a doctorate from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. So, Dr. Murphy, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what drew you into um, studying naturopathy. So, I always knew I wanted to go into medicine, and I, I shadowed various different um, practitioners within the field and nothing really felt right until I started to get into the field of alternative medicine and kind of see what was out there and uh, when I found out that naturopathic medicine encompasses absolutely everything I uh, it was kind of one of those aha moments and um and that was it for me I went and shadowed a couple NDs and saw the power of the medicine and how you can truly heal yourself um inside and out and use your your body's innate abilities um, and that was uh, that was it. That's what made me choose the field. Um, so, is there um, anything in your um, health journey that you've had to use well-being with naturopathy? Yeah. So, um, well, especially for my own health issues, I have had. Uh, I guess when I was in second year of naturopathic school, I was studying for one of our big awful board exams that we had. And I was having difficulty viewing my paper and then viewing long distances, so something called accommodation. And so I thought, oh, shoot, I guess I need glasses. So I went in to see the optometrist, and I got rushed right away to a retinal specialist and put through a battery of tests. And they uh, they weren't quite sure what was going on with me, but they said, you've got some sort of severe degeneration of your retina, and we don't quite know what it is or sort of how to treat it, um, and so I was put through a whole battery of new tests, including genetic um, tests and MRIs and all that kind of stuff, and basically they said, there's a chance that you might be blind within a year, there's a chance you might be blind within a couple years, we're kind of unsure, and uh, um, I just, pardon? Uh, I was just going to say that's pretty scary to hear that, especially at, at such a young age, that, and so suddenly that you're going to be blind and not be able to see. Yeah, it was scary. And, um, you know, the, I did gain a whole lot of respect for the visually impaired because I basically spent about a, a week walking around with my eyes closed, and it was, it was not very much fun. <laughs> so I thought, you know, um, if I want to practice medicine, then I'm going to have to figure out how to heal my eyes. So I did a whole bunch of research on my own, um, considering the medical field couldn't really do a whole lot for me, and I found out that um, glutathione, which is an antioxidant, an extremely important one in the retina, um, might be something that would be useful for me. So I did a whole lot of research into detox and cleaning up my diet, which, of course, wasn't ideal as a med student, <laughs> and um, I uh, transformed my health and I started doing a lot of intravenous therapy 
and uh, supplemental therapy, changed, like I said, diet and, and lifestyle. And so far, fingers crossed, I've been able to keep it in remission. And, you know, the odd time here and there, I'll get issues with vision. And I kind of just check myself in and do uh, another IV. And I seem to be keeping it at bay. But it was through this whole experience that it kind of validated why I picked this field and how powerful um, the medicine can be, especially with chronic diseases when you're at a loss in the conventional medical care model. And um, there's not much that can be done until it's in a chronic state. Um, Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, you were told you'd be blind within a year, and obviously it's been several years since then, and um, you're not having any issues, but if you hadn't taken your health in your own hands, you probably would be blind right now. Yeah, which is a scary thought, and you never know, right? It could have been, um, you you know, misdiagnosis, or they still are unsure of what it is. They classify it as a, a severe macular dystrophy, but... Um, you know, when you're when you're faced with something like that, you 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 kind of think on your feet and want to do something quickly, right? Well, yeah, you, you don't want to leave that and and wait a year and then not be able to see anymore, especially when you're in school and you have this future ahead of you. And um, um, I'm glad that that's a journey that you went through. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there any um, difficulties that you faced when you started looking at, you know, doing the glutathione and and I guess that would ultimately be detoxing that you did with? Uh, how did that work for you? Well, you know, as um, as I was faced with chronic stress and not the most ideal diet in the world, going through school, uh, it wasn't a lot of fun for me to detox. Um, the second I started putting in some more healthy uh, vegetables and stuff like that into diet was okay, but, you know, the typical indigestion and a little bit of bloating as I started to adapt my diet and change the whole digestive um, terrain. Um, I also started getting a little bit of headaches as I'd cut out coffee and, and more sugars and stuff like that. Um, sometimes I'd experience a little bit of nausea when I was doing IVs especially, but for the most part, it was it was tolerable. I did it slow, and I did it over the course of, you know, six months to do a full transformation. I also did a lot of blood testing to see, you know, maybe there was something off in my, my hormones or my diet, or maybe I was having some foods that were not really agreeing with me. And I, I did a food sensitivity test and ended up cutting a whole bunch of things like gluten and dairy and, and healed the gut just so I was getting optimal absorption of the vitamins and minerals that I was consuming. And I think that really made a, a big difference in the whole grand scheme of things, especially with the symptoms of detox. Yeah, because when, when you're detoxing, you can't just go straight in that detox. You have to look at everything that you did of changing your diet and going slow and finding out what else is going on in the body so you know exactly what what you're dealing with, which I guess is what we um, optimally need to be doing and what does get get missed because those, those toxins aren't often looked at in our society and and you had to in the middle of school while you were learning about it all all of a sudden stop and try to figure all that out yeah exactly yeah which considering my field I was in uh, I was in pretty good hands with all the professors and students at my uh, disposal so we're in (laughs) an definitely that probably helped you a lot and probably gave you this huge learning curve to be able to help your your patients as well so that you could um direct them once you got to that point with them um i mean this is a similar journey to what i had to do when i was treating my own lyme um the detoxing the technical term for that is called a Herxheimer-Jarish reaction, or people call it Herx or Herxing. Um, and in the Lyme world, that, that word has definitely been embraced. And, um, you know, it's, uh, detoxing or Herxing is not something that, that you take lightly and that you take quickly. Um, like you said, it took you six months to get to your end point of dealing with all of that. And I think that's something that, that people forget that, you know, we we want to feel better really fast. So people want to speed it up and they want to do it in a week and they want to get it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and what you went through when you were detoxing? 
Well, with the the Lyme, I mean, it was it was step by step, and I had on top of that there was parasites and candida, which we did talk about last week, and I was diagnosed with celiac disease, so I had to cut, I had to change my diet and to cut out um, gluten. Celiac is an autoimmune reaction to gluten, and um, you know that was just the starting point. And then when I had to um, get to the point where I was killing the Lyme, I had to make sure I had supportive things like like you did, the glutathione and IVs and things like that. And um, and then the, the die-off from the Lyme itself just creates so much toxicity in your body. I mean, it was, it was the most uncomfortable thing that I've ever done. I was in pain and fatigue, and um, it, it's... Uh, uh, definitely a slow journey as well. So it's not something that was going to go away within a week. It was something that went on for a few years. Yeah. And I, I think that um, my main point of discussing this is is that, um, you know, we create this detoxing to get the toxins out and we can feel unwell, but for people to understand that there is, you know, a light at the end of that tunnel, that you're going to go through a bit of a hard time, but then you're going to um, start to feel better. So what was that for you? What kind of helped you motivate to, to get through that and push you through and told you that this was the right thing? Um, well, I actually disassociated myself a little bit from it. Um, I couldn't feel all that pain, so I did find ways to not feel them, um, which was, you know, there was some TV and there was just um, some ways where I I focused not to be in the pain. But the main thing for me was I felt that, um, you know, I did have a calling. I was already a health practitioner, and um, I wanted to um, get better from this disease that is barely recognized so that other people don't have to take 14 years to find out what's wrong with them. And I wanted to focus my direction in helping anybody, whether it's with Lyme or just um, any other of the myriad of things that are making them feel unwell. I wanted to help them get to that that end point um, so they could feel better and start living their lives again. Mm, that's amazing. I'm sorry? I said that's amazing. Good for you. It's very admirable to, to go through that to help the others. Hey, that easy. I, I think that a lot of us get get that that calling, and um, um, it's it's so important because there's so so much in our regular healthcare system where um, you know you do have pain and fatigue, and um, you're just living with that, and you're you're not fitting into anywhere yet, and. Um, and for me to find, and for you as well to find those other avenues, or you wouldn't be able to see right now, which I think is pretty amazing that that you've been able to turn that around. Mm-hmm. So, um, in in at, at this point, um, are you doing a, a maintenance to try to keep your eyes at a certain point? Yeah, so I try to do an IV. Um, I actually usually do what's called a Myers cocktail, um, and I add a few things that are known to sort of increase glutathione and help with just all your vitamins, minerals, um, elements, pretty much everything that you'd get from a well-balanced, healthy diet, or even a multivitamin, um, and just in mega doses, just just in case, right? Because you never know with added stress and um, you know, genetic defects, and even if you had the perfect diet and the perfect gut, whether or not you're absorbing everything, it's that uh, nobody really knows the answer to that, right? So I always do um, a monthly Myers cocktail just to make sure I'm getting everything, um, just just to not spare anything for for my little eyeballs. And um, I do a glutathione at the end of that, and then sometimes separately I'll do a glutathione IV. So I would say at this point, usually once a month is sort of my maintenance schedule on top of keeping a healthy diet. And um, I still take uh, quite a few supplements. And I kind of go in in phases of taking supplements and taking breaks just to make sure I'm not getting, um, you know, used to them or taking pills every single day for the rest of my life. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, that's uh, my schedule right now. 
Well, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty uh, manageable as well. I'm sure in the beginning there was a little more to do, and then um, now you've got uh, just a maintenance to maintain um, your site and and where you are. And you know, my my health is the same after going through um, you know a huge amount of detoxing and the Lyme treatment. Now I really am just at a maintenance, and I take um, you know things for my immune system and and things to keep me. Um, um, well, and you know the basic things that people need, and um, now I'm living a normal life, which is a, a huge change, and and um, hopefully we can help some other people go in that direction as well. Absolutely. So um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to be uh, back to discuss more about how to um, go about detoxing and what that actually means for uh, most people. If you have um, any comments about this show or any other show, you can contact me um, uh, via email at anantacalgary at gmail.com, um, or we are on Twitter and Facebook, and you can send us messages there. So uh, we'll be back in a few moments with Dr. Murphy. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change? Or just take the change out of your pocket. Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. So welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and I'm here with Dr. Janelle Murphy, and we're talking about detoxing and what that means um, for you. One of the main things that I think we want to talk about is what we mean by detoxing. And Dr. Murphy, maybe you can explain a little bit. I know most people think that um, when I say detoxing to them, they think we're approaching a fad diet or a really strict diet. What does that really mean? Yeah, so I think people view detox as a cleanse, and people view cleanse as, yeah, I'll go get one of those Hollywood um, bottles or whatever it is um, at the health food store and just not eat for a couple days and cleanse myself out. But yeah, that, uh, like you say, can be pretty dangerous to do, especially if you are dealing with some chronic diseases and some heavy, heavy levels of um, sort of load of um, chemical in your body. So just going to the store and getting some of those can be more harm than good. And I actually have seen a lot of people that get those cleanses 
over the counter and they become quite constipated and they feel absolutely terrible. And being constipated during a cleanse or during detox is uh, extremely dangerous to do because that's your one form of elimination. And if it's not happening, then you can get sort of auto toxification inside of yourself. So you're going to get the um, toxins just recirculating and becoming more of a problem. Yeah, and you know, I've seen I've seen that where people come in and they're, they're scared to detox because they did one of those and it didn't go well for them, or they um, don't feel well, or sometimes they're just scared of what the next approach could be and they don't understand um, how it it's going to go about. But definitely the 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 dangers of just picking up a box and not knowing what you're dealing with when people do those the diets where they starve themselves and then their cells are letting go of all the toxins inside them and definitely get very toxic and very sick from those mm-hmm. so what are the signs that you generally see when somebody comes into your office that you know that they have to go about in this level into this direction so there's the typical signs that you would need to detox. So, you know, anything from skin abnormalities, it could be eczema, psoriasis, rashes, even itchy skin. Um, people that experience headaches, especially chronic headaches and migraines. People that have difficulty with digestion. So if they're feeling bloated or heavy after every single meal or they just are, you know, their bowel habits are starting to change. Um, generally, people just coming in and saying they don't feel good. They're not feeling their energetic self. They're not, like, something's missing. They don't have that vitality. They're starting to get a little bit moody, especially with their partners or their kids, people that they generally wouldn't be moody towards. They're getting more pain, um, sort of inflammation all over the place. When they're working out, they sort of aren't recovering as well. Um, Things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, those are some of the common ones, but there's oftentimes really need to detox or the fact that they've just gotten used to their symptoms. So I always use the analogy that if I was sitting there poking with my finger on your arm all day, you're going to get used to that. And then if I stopped poking you and started again, you're going to find it pretty annoying. So people just kind of adapt to what they feel and they kind of go into this little rat race that we live in and <laughs> kind of forget that you know, this isn't what healthy is supposed to feel like. Um, so I see a lot of that. And then I also see people that are asymptomatic. They feel fantastic. They're walking around thinking like, you know, absolutely nothing's wrong. And it could very well be that nothing's wrong. But I see a lot of very harmful toxins in patients that if I decide to do a test, so either through IV or blood or um, urine or hair whatever the test might be to look for some toxicity or even heavy metals, I'll see some pretty dangerous ones in there. So it's, um, it's important to do detox on a regular basis, even if you don't have those main symptoms. Well, yeah, I mean, we could, um, the symptoms of feeling unwell sound like just about everybody that, you know, at least the, everybody that walks through my office or that I deal with in, in life. And I know I've had, comments from people, you know, I, I'm not tired. And then when they start to do some work, they come back and say, you know, um, I feel way better. I was tired. I used to spend all Saturday watching TV and now I'm going out and doing things. And I, I think, you know, like you said about the poke in the arm where you don't notice that it's there until it stops and people don't realize that they could get so much more out of their life than um, being as fatigued or sore or whatever is going on. And I think that's the big thing, just to do that, you know, to check in, like you said, even if you feel well, get some tests done and just make sure that you are okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that you generally see um, that cause that toxicity for people? So I always do analysis of where they grew up. I find, um, you know, some people can live by a pulp mill or by, you know, um, some sort of marshland that, that is a, I don't know, like a detox sort of pool <laughs> or toxic pool, I should say. Um, or, you know, something that might give me a clue that they might have been exposed to something, smoking, either first-hand, second-hand, third-hand smoke. So, you know, people that buy used cars um, that there has been a smoker in it or people that buy a couch off Kijiji, any kind of thing that might have, 
the chemicals from third-hand smoke. Um, people that don't filter their water, virtually any kind of environmental toxin. Um, I always kind of question for, but I've been shocked at the amount of toxicity that lies in people when I, I virtually see them with having no toxicity. So I don't know if it's coming from the pipes in their water or if it was just sort of an exposure they got from, from diet or something else, but, um, that's kind of where I, where I start. I don't know if your process is the same, but. Yeah, generally looking at um, what they've been exposed to and then screening them. I mean, parasites and candida are generally there with everybody that we talked about um, last week. And then, um, you know, most people in our society do have exposure. It's actually really rare that people come in already on a, a wellness diet unless they've already been through a bit of a journey. Most people, you know, just starting with their food and getting them organic and and um, changing out some of the high inflammatory foods and looking, you know, have they been in a flood? Is there mold? Are they exposed to... Um, you know, those environmental things, which is generally where you have to start anyway. Mm-hmm. And so are there people that you think shouldn't detox or you don't think they're ready at some point? Yes and no. It's a little bit tricky because if they're not ready to detox, if they've got a whole lot of layers going on, like just like an onion, right, you kind of have to go bit by bit by bit. And if generally people have been extremely sick for a long time and and you'll be able to speak to this more than I can but especially with Lyme patients um, if they have a lot of overload with infection um, they can feel quite sick quite quickly so I don't think it's a matter of if they can detox it just when yeah and and like starting with the Lyme patients I do this for most everybody is a bit of support before you start detoxing, you don't go right into a detox because most people will need a little bit of support somehow to help their bodies in that process and to take it those steps by steps. And, you know, somebody's had um, chronic Lyme for for 20 years, they're not going to be able to go right into treating it. I mean, the Lyme itself creates this biotoxin, so it's toxic in the body. And, and then their body's overloaded with all of that and all the everything else that they've accumulated over that time with a weak immune system. So you definitely can't go straight into, you know, here's a hardcore detox. But eventually they have to get there. They just have to get prepared for that. Yeah. I also uh, find with my patients battling cancer, it's a little bit difficult to do a full detox. Um, in some cases, the chemotherapies that they are using or have used in the past, they can have effectiveness for up to, you know, six months plus. And you don't really want to be pulling those things out and detoxing those out if they're still having an effect. And, you know, a lot of the medications that are associated with chronic illness, not necessarily just cancer, um, but you can sort of be doing more harm than good when you start detoxing too quick with those because then you can interact with medications. And so with chronic illness, it becomes a little bit more complicated and um, it's a slow process. But I, I would say in my practice, the digestive part and the diet changes are a no-brainer. Like everybody that's coming through the door, especially with a chronic illness, that's the first thing that they're going to get changed. Yeah, that's definitely a good place to start. I mean, even if you don't have somebody helping you yet, that um, can be that um, should be the first the first step, and you can do a little some of that on your own. Um, we did talk about that last week with Dr. Casey Coleman. So if you want to find out more, you can listen to the um, the backup episode of that. Um, so what what happens when you do detox somebody? What how does a person feel? So like we kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, I felt a little bit of headaches and and bloating and all that kind of stuff, but I would say it was fairly tolerable. Um, And that can range anywhere from to what you felt and you said it was absolutely awful. So I think it depends on the person. It depends on what they've got going on in their body and what the toxic load would be, um, how well their liver's working, if they have any genetic 
dispositions or predispositions to not being able to detox, or if they generally have a blockage, then they can feel a lot worse. So, and when I say blockage, I mean anything from lymphatic to digestive um, to sweat to virtually anything that's going to block them from extreme toxins normally. Yeah, like if our bodies aren't working at that optimal, I mean, we talked about how the bowels definitely need to be working when you're detoxing. But of course, you do sweat your toxins out through your skin. That's a, a huge detox pathway. So um, if you're not sweating properly, you've got to get that started and, um, you know, get just kind of get things moving slowly. My, my detoxing with uh, treating the Lyme was definitely a little more than the bloating that you experienced, but I didn't have any of those pathways actually working by the time I was diagnosed. I mean, my, my lymphatics were slow and my, um, you know, my gut wasn't working and, and, and um, it created a lot of pain for me. And it was, I had to go, you know, back up a little bit sometimes and, and figure out how to control the pain um, and uh, the fatigue as well. I mean, the, the, the pain I could actually tolerate more. I found the fatigue harder. Um, it felt like I was walking through jello. So it was the best way uh, to explain it. Everything was heavy and I had to push through everything. That must have been extremely difficult to do. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, um, people's uh, genetics and stuff being um, part of that. Um, can you just talk about that briefly? Sure. So some people just don't seem to have the ability to detox like others. Um, could be from birth. It could be from chronic stressors or illness. But um, generally the liver is a pretty well-greased organ and can pretty much battle through anything we throw its way. But if you have a liver issue, and that can range anything from fatty liver disease to excess medications to even just a regular amount of medications and too many supplements or mixing the wrong supplements with your medication, um, or there could be a genetic snippet in the DNA that you can't actually detoxify properly. So any of those and then a whole bunch more, I'm just kind of doing the tip of the iceberg here, but if any of those are compromised, then um, detoxing is very difficult and you need a lot more support to sort of get through to those pathways and and um, using supplementation or um, IVs or diet or whatever you can to kind of aid in those. So, yeah, that can definitely add a, a complication if you're, um, you know, you're doing all the right things and you have the right support and things just aren't quite working. It could be down to your genetics and, and something way more complicated than just following a certain um, guideline of how, um, you know, detoxing should work. It's definitely an individual process. We're going to talk more um, after a break about how to help yourself through some detoxing and and things that definitely are very helpful in this journey. So we'll be back um, in a few minutes with Dr. Murphy. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms, and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black and Dari Samia. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, Join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Biohacking for Health is working with your individual biology to gain access to and control over the systems within your body. It allows you to explore your biology and improve health and wellness. Each of us has unique genetic profiles and physiology that require individualized approaches. On Biohacking for Optimal Health, Dr. Daniel Stickler and his expert guests provide a roadmap to navigate the world of biohacking human potential. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and I'm here with Dr. Janelle Murphy. And we're talking about um, one of the most important steps in your uh, wellness is, is detoxing. And most of us do experience being toxic in our society, whether it's from diet, environment, um, or genetics. And so, Janelle, um, Dr. Murphy, what is one of the most important um, supplements that you think that there is for detoxing? The most important, which we alluded to, I think, would be uh, glutathione. It's um, your body's most powerful antioxidant. We harvest it and we use it um, from amino acids that we would ingest. Unfortunately, you can't really get it from the diet. So, yes, it does have to be supplemented or used intravenously. But it's kind of known as the master antioxidant in the body, and it protects you from all of your oxidative stress, free radicals, um, anything from infections, cancer, and you name it. Um, a poor diet, and then anything from environmental toxicity to pollution, stress in the form of mental, physical, emotional stress, aging, medication, the list really goes on and on. Even lack of sleep, they can deplete your glutathione level. And um, without these, um, or without the glutathione being throughout the body and um, doing its job, what happens is your liver is sort of overwhelmed with the whole the whole um, load of toxins. So the decrease of glutathione is um, pretty easily supplemented with, yeah, like I say, supplements or IVs. Yeah, and I think it's important. I mean, I think glutathione you can only get now made ready for absorption. You need to get it as liposomal. Um, there was a for a while there. Uh, we could. We only knew about taking it through IVs because we couldn't absorb it. But if it's made in this special way, it's more absorbed by the body. Um, glutathione, I know, definitely changed things for me. I had a lot of difficulty um, detoxing until I added that in. And 
and your journey is very similar with your eye health and your need to still um, be using glutathione. Mm-hmm. Is there um, anything else um, supplement-wise that definitely help people with detoxing? Yeah, so there's a lot of things that we talked about earlier, like making sure that all your systems are working properly and using cut support. Um, immune support, chlorella can help. Um, a lot of vitamins that can support the whole detox um, pathway. Um, anything, too, that can help glutathione work. Um, that can be anything from a multivitamin, fish oil, B vitamin, selenium, something called N-acetylcysteine, which can be a precursor to glutathione, alpha-lipoic acid, some other antioxidants, uh, vitamin C, vitamin E. Virtually any of the antioxidants can be helpful for detoxification. So I guess it sounds like one of the first places to start is is with your vitamins. And you said when you started your journey, you did some testing to find out where your vitamins levels were, um, which isn't always available to everybody, but is, is a good idea in Canada. We have difficulty doing this with our um, our mainstream family doctors. Um, but, uh, you know, finding out where your levels are, if you need to take a higher dose of anything. And if it's harder to do that with like a very good quality, you know, multivitamin, just to make sure that your body is supported in the ways that it needs. And I think another important one is probiotics, um, which we talked about last week a lot with the gut health, but they're, um, you know, our gut is 80% of our immune system, which is going to be part of our detoxing journey. So we do need to support our gut with those good bacteria. Absolutely. So um, is there um, any foods that you like people to add in to help them with their detoxing? Yeah, so the first thing is you want to cut out things that would add to the toxic load. So you want to be having, if you're if you're a meat eater, making sure that you're having free-range, organic, hormone-free, all that kind of stuff, good good meats. Um, you don't want to have any pesticides. You want to stick to organic, especially if it comes from the Dirty Dozen list, which you can find online. Um, and then anything that's bright and rich and colorful, I always like to suggest to patients. So the sulfur-rich vegetables are fantastic for detox. That can be things like broccoli, kale, collard greens, cabbage, garlic, onions, cauliflower. Um, so you want to have just bright, with the exception of cauliflower, <laughs> um, and then that includes your uh, fruits and veggies. You want to have, um, like your fruits, you want to have the berries and all that kind of stuff. And again, you want those to be organic. And lots of water. I think a big issue with detox is people don't have enough water during it so you know lemon water a couple times throughout the day but then making sure you're getting two to three liters a day during detox is so crucial so I get a lot of people you know when we talk about water they tell me they don't like water and they don't want to drink it so uh, what do you tell people when they say that to you I tell people that water is just like taking a supplement or a a uh, medication. So if your doctor prescribed you a beta blocker for your heart, um, I don't think that you're going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to take it because I don't like it kind of thing, right? It's so unbelievably crucial to your health. And if people have a tough time with it, then you can put lots of different fun things in it. So cucumber, grapefruit, lemon. Um, today I made mine with cranberry and apple. So there's a lot of ways that we can kind of I don't want to say disguise water, but make it a little (laughs) bit more fun and exciting to drink. Um, Well, yeah, it doesn't have much of a flavor, but uh, putting on, you know, fruits or vegetables, give it a little bit of a a flavor. I can see be way more appealing for people that that don't like their um, drinking their water when they're going from juice or something like that. That's high sugar and switching over to the water. Yeah. So, um, is there anything, so we talked about, you know, supplements that people can take and then the diet, but there must be some um, other things that people can do to help themselves. So sweating is a key one, like we talked about earlier. Everybody needs to sweat every single day. And um, one of the most useful things to do detox through sweat would be an infrared sauna. Um, when you're doing infrared saunas, you're getting deep down into those tissues and pulling out toxins. I think they did a study a while ago showing that the top seven heavy metals um, come out actually in the sweat, which is quite exciting. Um, But what 
people need to remember to do is they need to dry off their sweat before they step out of asana or before they step out of hot yoga or whatever it is that they're doing just because the second that you stop sweating, you're going to start reabsorbing that. So making sure you're constantly wiping that off during your detox. Well, yeah, and I, I, I think it's also important to note that with, um, you know, the sauna or the hot yoga, um, you are detoxing. So if you're chronically ill, it's not something that you completely jump into so that you're doing, you know, a full half an hour. I always tell people to take saunas the way, you know, we start their other supplements slow and steady. When I was at my sickest, I couldn't last more than a a minute in a hot sauna um, just because it would irritate me so much but the best thing to do in that situation is just to slowly build up your time um, so you're not making yourself sicker yeah absolutely and so I know that go ahead (laughs) I was just going to say I also find that colonics can work really well too if people can't tolerate the heat um, especially if they're dealing with stuff like candida and issues with bowel health um, the colonics really help to sort of set a regular tone there and get rid of a lot of the extra stuff that they have in the colon. Um, and then you can always do probiotic implants after them. And, um, yeah, I think colonics are fantastic. Yeah, you use a lot of colonics in, in your clinic. So how often do you have people go for colonics? It depends on what they're doing, but if they're right in the middle of a detox protocol, I usually recommend weekly for four weeks, and then after that, um, maintenance for, you know, once every month for the first six months until they can regain their normal gut and health and as well as uh, digestive health. Yeah, that would definitely um, help when you're working on that gut health in the beginning and that being most important to to flush that out and get that area, you know, really healthy and and <clears throat> um, set up nicely. Because otherwise, nothing else you do is going to work if your gut's not working. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit um, uh, earlier about um, genetics playing a role. Um, if we could just talk a little bit more about that. I know that's a big deal that, you know, you're not going to know that necessarily. It's really rare that people know right away that their genetics are an issue with their detoxing. Um, so what kind of um, things do you do to help people when that's going on? Yeah, so one of the new, like, hot topics in medicine in the last six months, I would say, is a gene called the MTHFR gene. Um, it's, it's more of an enzyme, and it's responsible for what's called methylation, which is part of the detoxification process in the body. Um, so people can have a SNP in that, like we talked about earlier, and um, if they do have that genetic SNP, then when they're exposed to toxins, they really react and they, they have a difficult time getting rid of them. So there is a lab now, it's called 23andMe, and you can look at the website www.23andme.com, and you can actually test to see if you do have the SNP and other, any kind of um, genetic abnormalities that might be inhibiting your detox pathways. And so what's the um, first step that you take with people when they, you do finally have the MTHFR gene mutation? So a big part of that for me is making sure they have this sort of methylating food, some of the ones we talked about. I personally do a lot of uh, B12 injections uh, because that can really help. Um, the form of methyl B12 um, can help, obviously, with methylation. Um, and then I add a, a couple other B vitamins and B complexes to that. Um, and then making sure they have the right the right uh, supplements to aid in that, and then also making sure that they're not detoxing too quickly, because those are the people that are going to really start to experience some toxic overload symptoms. Yeah, if they're having trouble methylating, um, you know, with the MTHFR gene mutation, they'll um, they can't get the toxins out. So if you go too fast, they're just kind of moving them around the body instead of actually dealing with them the way you're wanting to, which is, is actually more dangerous than leaving them where they are. Mm-hmm. So I guess this <clears throat> brings us to um, the, the main, one of the main points if you are detoxing. Um, we, we spoke in the beginning about fad diets, which is not what we're talking about here. Um, we just want, I, I'd like to stress, it's important to find somebody that can guide you through your process. Um, I know, you know, you and I both spoke about how 
we see people that have hurt themselves with, with detoxing from, you know, cleanses from a box. And um, so is there a way that people can get a hold of you if they're wanting your help with their detox journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, well, my website is metahealthyyc.com, so M-E-T-A-HealthYYC.com. Um, it kind of goes through some of the stuff that we do within our clinic, um, and that would be our contact information there. And then uh, I work with a team of other practitioners, too, that can also help in, in detoxing. Um, so, yeah, next week we're going to be talking about environmental sensitivities and um, what that actually means and, and um, where they come from. Um, we're going to be talking with um, Marla Heinzig, who um, was actually housebound with her environmental sensitivities. So um, the what we talked about here today is the first step in that journey um, and basically any journey to health of looking at your your toxin load and then finding out where it came from. So if you'd like to um, learn about if your environmental sensitivities are part of your detox um, journey, then tune in next week. If you'd like to hear more about uh, my story, you can find me at um, dr-risk.com and um, my story is up there and you can find out more about my clinic. And uh, if you would like to participate in this show um, or any other show, if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at anantacalgary at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. And um, we'd love to hear from you and any other questions that you have or comments about the show. And be sure to tune in next week to learn about your environmental sensitivities. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.